This is episode number 129 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Hey, welcome to High Impact Leaders. I'm your host, Doug Standard of the Leaders Institute, and our goal is to help you build strong teams while growing a successful business. On this episode, I'm going to share a few tips about how to create more of a team culture within your organization, especially during a recession or when fear is high in the economy. In recent months, we've all heard about layoffs, slowdowns, supply chain challenges, not to mention all of the challenges with coming back to work after the pandemic. Well, in these times, morale can suffer and uh, and fear can, can increase. So on this episode, I'm going to show you how an enormous amount of wealth is going to be created in the next 12 to 16 months. And leaders who know what is coming and how to prepare for what is coming are going to come out on the other side incredibly wealthy. By the way, the episode is brought to you by leadersinstitute.com. For details about leadership development and how to create a team culture, visit www.leadersinstitute.com. And if you have questions for me or comments, you can always tweet me at Doug Stannert or contact me via my website at leadersinstitute.com. So the title of this session is Team Motivation, How to Motivate Your Team Members in Uncertain Times. And if you're, if you're in a situation where you're starting to hear more and more often words like slowdown and recession and uncertainty, and it's kind of bringing up fear or nervousness or anxiety with the way that your business is is going to be run, then guess what? You're not alone. Goldman Sachs recently published an article saying that 93% of small business owners have fear of a recession in the next year, in the next 12 months. Well, that uncertainty causes fear. You know, fear can lead to reduced morale and, and a decrease in job satisfaction. And if you're a team leader, and you do absolutely nothing about the situation that, that's there, then you may be inadvertently pouring fuel on the fire. If your team members are experiencing that fear, if they're f- experiencing that nervousness, that self-consciousness, and you're not doing anything to help, you may be exasper- exacerbating that, that situation. Um, so what we're going to do on this session is kind of give you a few things that you can do, number one, to identify what's going on and be able to, to deal with it in a more effective way. And then in the last part, we're going to give you a few tips, ways that you can build that team morale, even if things aren't going as well as what you want. Um, so if you just use a few of the, the ideas that we cover here, then you should improve your employee engagement. You can help your team uh, feel that they're part of a unique team culture and build, build loyalty and, dare I say, more of a family atmosphere within your organization. When you do that, you're going to come out of the recession uh, really, really on top. Um, let's first, before I get into the tips, though, to motivate your team during the recession, let's explore the opportunities that are often created in a bad economy. Uh, recessions or depressions in, in extreme situation, a lot of times when we hear those words, it often creates terror in the minds of of the people who are who are hearing those things. 
So I'm a history buff. And I remember learning about the Great Depression in school and in movies and from my granddad who actually lived through the Great Depression. And each of those sources depicted the Depression as this awful, awful time where every single person in the entire world became poorer. However, a few people during that time period actually became unbelievably wealthy during the Great Depression. Uh, for instance, um, when oil markets crashed, J. Paul Getty bought oil interests for pennies on the dollar. And, and, and by the way, that was the dawn of the automobile age. So his investment paid off many, many, many times over. Howard Hughes, uh, the guy who, you know, they made movies that Leonardo DiCaprio made a movie about. Um, he created TWA, Trans World Airways, uh, and he turned it into a multi-million dollar company. And eventually his twisted genius led to pressurized planes that could fly over weather. So the genius kind of led to to um, kind of the our way of life now with, with being able to jump on a plane and get to anywhere in the world in, in a few hours. Um, JFK's dad, Joe Kennedy Sr., is another example. He was a stock speculator during the Roaring Twenties. However, he received a lot of his income in commissions from other speculators. He, he was speculating himself, but not as much as he was getting commissions or getting paid to help other people speculate. So when the market crashed, he was sitting on a pile of cash. And so he swooped in and bought real estate. He bought companies. He bought uh, an investments, other investments for bargain basement prices and became one of the wealthiest people in, in Chicago. One of the best examples, though, is a guy named Michael Cullen. And you probably haven't heard of him because he died in his 50s. He died from, from a, a, a medical challenge. He, his appendix burst. And, and um, uh, as a result, uh, he's not as noted in, in the business world as some of these other people. But Michael Cullen worked his way up to become a district manager for the Kroger company, for the grocery store company. Um, and he had this idea, he had this outlandish idea in the middle of the depression that we should create these big, huge grocery stores with huge parking lots, because as people start to drive cars, you're going to need places to park them and it's going to make more people want to come. However, the executives at Kroger refused to act. And I suspect it's because of the uncertain times that they were experiencing. I mean, nobody's going to make that kind of investment in a down economy. Well, this guy did. Cullen acted <laughs> and, and he quit his job. He created the very first supermarket. And by the time he passed away, just a decade or so later, his family owned dozens of, of supermarkets and became very, very successful. Years later, Sam Walton did the same thing with Walmart. And today, one of the fastest growing retail stores is Dollar General. So as the economy continues to, to suffer, Dollar General keeps going up uh, more and more and more, stock prices and, and that kind of thing. Um, so one of the things that you have to kind of keep in mind about downturns in the economy is that they kind of do what I call clean out the brush, right? So a downturn in the economy, it's similar to a forest fire. I mean, like, for instance, forest fires are really, really, really bad, right? Well, not necessarily. According to the California Department of Forestry, I mean, this is a quote from their publications. They say, fire removes low-growing underbrush, cleans the floor's floor of debris, opens it up to sunlight, and nourishes the soil. Reducing this competition for nutrients allows established trees to grow stronger and healthier. So basically, forest fires actually help 
healthy trees become healthier. <laughs> and however, unhealthy trees, the weaker trees, they're the first to kind of go up in smoke. Businesses act kind of the same way in a recession. Strong businesses may suffer as the at the onset of the recession. Everybody will kind of suffer a lot of most often anyway. But as the downturn deepens, the competitors tend to fade away much more quickly. So the strong companies, the ones who are able to keep their teams motivated, will likely increase their market share and in a lot of cases, increase their market share really, really dramatically. So the key is to build your team collaboration before the fire, before the downturn hits. Otherwise, your company has a higher chance of going up in smoke. So small changes that you make right now can have a huge impact when the, the downturn ramps up. So when the economy is booming, by the way, anybody can succeed. In recent months, we've heard terms like quiet quitting and work-life balance became really, really big. However, recently, uh, I, I just read an article about some of the big corporate giants that really focused a lot on, hey, come here and you'll have a perfect work-life balance. Uh, these are companies like Microsoft and Wayfair and Google. And as a result of the downturn in the economy, those companies are already starting to lay off employees. Want to guess which team members they're going to lay off first, right? So if they've had a huge percentage of people that work for those companies that are doing the quote unquote quiet quitting, yep, in the near future, upper management will begin to have to make tough decisions and they're going to ask themselves, okay, out of all the people on my team members, which ones do the best work? Who is my top talent? And, and you know what they won't say, by the way? Who on my team has the best work-life balance? They're not going to say that at all. Nobody ever does when, when they're faced with the tough decisions. So watch what happens in the next few months. Companies that have had countless articles written about their, their work-life culture will have the largest layoffs, and, and they're at a significant competitive disadvantage, which creates an opportunity for you. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you should focus entirely on your, your career or your work at the expense of your friends and family. In fact, it's actually quite the opposite. If you invest in your career, you're going to create the freedoms to, to, to spend more time with your friends and to spend more time with your family. If you invest in your company and you create a healthy work environment, you're going to develop motivated employees. Uh, your company will be the place to go for career development. Team morale is, it will, will kind of skyrocket. Um, a, a good example of this, by the way, is Kevin O'Leary. He was, according to a, a CNBC interview that he did, so this is the guy from Shark Tank and, and that kind of thing. He said, This is a quote from Kevin O'Leary. He says, you're going to be competing with tons of determined people who want to, quote unquote, kick your ass. <laughs> That's He said it, not me, right? He said, it's a job 24-7. Get over it and get ready for it. And he said, it's not about greed of money. It's about the pursuit of personal freedom. If you're successful, you'll set yourself free, and that's worth fighting for. So basically, work hard now, and it's going to lead to more success. When you make the extra effort, you're doing things that your competitors won't do. And by the way, when I say competitors, this could be another company if you're a, if you're an entrepreneur or if you're an employee for a company it's going to be your coworkers it's going to be people who want your job 
So um, your your team members, by the way, are going to see your work ethic. They're going to see you having fun and enjoying life. And they'll also see your freedom. And eventually, they're going to come to you with to, to help them with their career path. Um, here's how this is likely to play out. Uh, when, the, when the recession hits, um, the companies that overspent and, the, and expanded way too quickly will likely have to downsize. And they're going to have to downsize pretty dramatically. So short-term growth strategies that that they implemented will lead to long-term tar- turmoil. <laughs> These companies will lay off some of uh, some of their employees and when they do, the ones that are left are going to start feeling anxiety. They're going to say things or at least be thinking things like, "Well, I made it through that layoff, but what about the next one?" And as a result, morale is going to drop, fear is going to run rampant in, in in that company. However, in companies that do the right things, morale stays high. As the economy recovers, then a company with motivated team members attracts higher level new team members as well. So with all that being said, just kind of keep that in mind. If you if you focus now on building that team culture, then when the recession really hits and when times start to get, get tough, you're going to have a, a competitive advantage in the marketplace, not only against your the companies that are competing against you, but also in attracting new and higher level employees to your to your company. So these are just a few things that you can do to motivate your team during those uncertain times. So remember, slow and steady growth over time builds a more successful business and, and builds a more successful team. So if you've made the mistake of growing too quickly at the expense of building your team, the best way to build a team culture um, that that I outline here uh, are going to be even more critical for you. These are things that you're they're going to be musts. You're going to have to do these things, otherwise, you could go by the wayside. So it's important that if you did fall into that trap and and started, you know, when the pandemic started to lift and you started investing in more personnel and now you're kind of overextended, you may have to downsize. And, and when you do, it's going to be important that you do the things that I'm suggesting here. Otherwise, it's going to be much more difficult for you to come out on the other side uh, with a with a successful business or with a successful team. So, um, but you can still build morale and you can still build team culture to help your company recover more quickly, though. So start now, and you'll have a, a better shot at at getting to that high level of success after the the uh, downturn. So, for example, when the pandemic hit, um, the 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 meeting and training industry, the 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 industry that I'm in. It was decimated and pretty much overnight in about a matter of a, a, a two week period of time. It was it went from booming to nothing. Nobody was having any meetings. Nobody was meeting. Nothing was happening. So even though I built my company in 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 a methodical way, slow and steady, the uncertainty from the pandemic caused me to have to lay off a lot of my team. In fact. I had to lay off my entire team at the very beginning, and I was able to recover much more quickly and and bring them back on. So as the economy recovered, I I was able to bring a lot of my best team members back much more quickly than a lot of my competitors were able to do. And and by the way, most of those people that when I contacted them dropped whatever they were doing to rejoin the team. Um, I like to think that this happened because of the team culture that we worked so hard to create before the, the times were tough. Uh, and so you may have similar results if you're building your team culture now. 
So these are these are the key things that you want to do. The first thing that you want to do to motivate your team um, to is to set common goals that require particip- participation of everyone on your team. So what what might be challenging by yourself or as the as the the owner or manager of your department or company, it, a lot of those things will tend to be a lot more fun when you're surrounded by people, by a group of people working towards the same goal. You you feed off of their energy and your enthusiasm of the the people that are on your team. So like for example, when I was in high school and college, I played competitive sports and. And in the off season, it was always really difficult. Um, in the spring, we did a lot of running. <laughs> By the way, I hate running. I am not. I don't like running. I don't. And still to this day, I, I I hear people that say, "Oh, you have that runner's high." I have never experienced that in my life. <laughs> but it, it, the reason why I dislike running is because it's hard and it takes a lot of effort. However, it was a lot easier to run with my teammates when they were right beside me. And they were struggling, too, because we encouraged each other. We helped each other along the way. A good leader will also help his or her team members set personal goals so that they so that they correspond to the team goal. Perhaps you can show each one of your team members how they're going to get monetary rewards um, if they accomplish their career or they may accomplish their career goals if they help the team accomplish the, the important goals of the team. Um, I, I give you an example. Early on in my career, our revenue had kind of plateaued for a couple of years. No matter what I did as the leader, we just failed to break that invisible barrier. We kept hitting that barrier over and over and over again. So at the beginning of the next year, I set a team goal to break this record. And I promised the team that if we beat that goal, I was going to take the entire team, every single person on my on my uh, every single employee that I had, every contractor that worked for us, I was going to take everybody on a on a team cruise, and and then, but I didn't stop there. By the way, I mean that 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 that's a good start. But what I did to uh, to to try to make it even more effective is I went to each one of my team members individually to help them set clear goals for helping us get there. I didn't want to focus on making just the company better. Instead, I looked for effective ways to help each team member improve their personal lives while helping the team. Showed them how if they help the team, they're going to get what they want, right? And and by the way, we ended up demolishing the goal by July. So in the first half of the year, we 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 hit we beat the goal and we we actually we ended up doubling our revenue um in in that year over the the previous two years and and then when we also since we accomplished the goal we all had a fantastic time on the cruise so if you can create some type of team goal that everybody is enthused about and they get behind it can it can make the hard work along the way seem much more enjoyable and build good teamwork along the way Another thing that you can do is add some friendly competition to team projects. For instance, a big mistake that leaders sometimes make is thinking that to build a strong team, everybody must be in sync all the time. And sometimes a little fun competition can create some great results, though. Uh, In October this year, uh, since Halloween was coming up, in fact, this podcast is going to be released on Halloween of 2022. Um, we thought it might be fun to organize a company version of Candyland. Now, we we didn't clear out the conference room for a board game. You know, obviously that's juvenile and that would be for kids. Uh, instead, though, we aligned 
the rules of the game with some measurable goals for our team. You know, for example, when somebody commented or shared something on LinkedIn three times a week, they moved one space on the Candyland board. And when a team member received good feedback from a customer, they moved five spaces and, and things like that. So the rules were created to reinforce a few simple things that anybody on our team could do to help the, the company accomplish its desired goals or our, our group goals anyway. Um, and by the way, our clients hire us to to come in and help them with this type of thing, especially with their with their team meetings. For instance, when we do a build a bike team building activity, we we divide the group into small teams and we make the teams think that they're competing against each other. We're using that friendly competition as a way to 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 boost the energy up in the room. And then along the way, they kind of discover that in order to accomplish the task, they have to work together as one big team. So it creates a, a, a nice team moral or, or kind of shows them how when they work together, they, they accomplish more. So activities like this use competition as a fun employee motivation technique. So another great way to ensure your team stays motivated is to be generous with your praise. Even the most mundane task becomes more fun when it's a it's accompanied by a, a, a great compliment. Um, that validation that occurs when the boss or when a team member compliments a, a task that somebody else has done, it stimulates the brain to think of ways to to make the outcome even better. I'll give you an example. When my daughter was little, she hated cleaning her room. She still does, by the way, but she hated cleaning her room. The process was painful for all of us. It was painful for me, for my wife, for my daughter. But my wife and I kind of figured out a simple that a simple word of praise along the way worked wonders with her. Um, when and on one of these times when I was kind of nagging her to kind of pick up her room and everything, she just went into her room and picked up several of the photographs that that she had on the floor, and she decided to assemble them into a collage. Now she stopped the cleaning process to do this, <laughs> so she was she distracted herself. And as I walked in and observed this, instead of berating her for not staying focused on the cleaning task. I kind of looked at it. It was actually a nice little piece of art. So I commented on what a great idea that was. She then proceeded to frame it and and out of material that she had scattered around her room. So she actually picked up some of the stuff, some of the uh, projects that she'd worked on in the past and kind of made a frame for it. So after she completed that project, half the job of picking up the stuff in her in her room was already gone. And she'd already finished a lot of it. So um, she completed the rest of the, the cleaning process in kind of record time. And when I commented on that, her response was that she had so much fun making the collage that she didn't, she couldn't wait to get to the rest of it to see what else was down there that she could make something out of. So uh, it was a complete turnaround in her attitude. And it was all because of one simple compliment. Now, I'm not saying that your team members are going to have the same result, but but you may have a similar effect when you compliment your team. When you praise good work, you get more good work. As your team members develop new skills that, that help the company become more productive and more efficient, call attention to those things that, that are occurring. And when you because when you place a positive light on great things that your team members are doing for you and for your company, you create a positive impact on morale.
So just kind of keep that in mind. The, the team motivation is easier when you build a team culture. If, if your team is bogged down and has hit a wall or lacks motivation, just try one or all of these different ways to build teamwork. Remember, though, that team building, it's not an activity. It's a process. If your ultimate goal is to build a team or of great leaders, then every member of your team will, will be a motivated employee. Set team goals and add some friendly competition, then give positive feedback to your team. And if you do this, you'll, you'll come out of the recession on top. So thanks a lot for being a part of High Impact Leaders. We'll see you next week.